Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Let's shine a bright light on sex and disability together. Connect with me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza, that's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A, and use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark. Hey there, thanks for shining a big bright light on sex and disability with me. And clicking on episode 26 of Disability After Dark, I'm so happy you're here and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. This episode kind of came together rather organically. I was I was going through my Facebook feed one day and I ran into this, this thing that I had seen on everybody's wall a lot. It was people with disabilities talking about their lives as people with disabilities and... I was immediately excited by it. It was by BBC3. I cannot remember the exact title of the video, but it was a bunch of disabled people talking about their lives. Um, I think it was possibly dating or just disability. Generally, I can't remember, but I love BBC. I love the way they do disability. It's really cool and different and a bit different than what we do here in North America. Um, so I was looking through that and thinking I wanted to interview some of the guests on that show for my show and I have some friends in the UK and I immediately tweeted them and were like oh my goodness I want to have some of these people on do you know them by chance because you know all disabled people know each other which is not necessarily true but actually sometimes it's kind of true and in this case it was true and my friend said oh one of the guys there his name is Ted Charess he would be the one the funniest one that you'd want to have on your show and I was like, okay, great. So they put me in touch and we started talking and I said to Ted, you know, what is it that you want to talk about on the show? And he was like, sex, sex and disability for sure, sex. So I was like, great, of course. So we set him up for Disability After Dark and we just had a really simple chat. So I found the video Ted was in. Ted was in a, in a video produced by BBC Three called uh, Things You Shouldn't Say to a Disabled Person. Really, really funny. He was, of course, hilarious. And he stuck out for me, so I wanted to talk to him. And so, like I said, we connected and had a great chat. He's really funny. And, and let me give you some background on him. He's a comedian. He does YouTube videos uh, pretty regularly to kind of do his comedy that way. He's also done, like, like comedy in clubs. He's really, really doing the disability thing in the U.K., really well. He's really funny. He really owns his disability. I think that's great. And he, like I said, wanted to chat with me about sex. So 
I'm going to stop the rambling and I'm going to get right on to our interview with Tetris right here on Disability After Dark. Make sure you listen closely because Ted has a cool British accent alongside a really sexy CP accent. So make sure you listen really closely to all that the cool, important, sexy things Ted has to say during the interview. Ted Charest, thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark. How you doing today? I am good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was so excited when I saw your thing on BBC uh, recently. I was like, I gotta talk to this guy. This guy's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think I played it differently to the other people. They were all being serious, and I was just being an asshole. Yeah, you were the cut-up. That's why immediately I was like, I actually reached out to, uh, to... Our friend Emily Rose Yates and I yeah. said do you know this guy because I want to get him on my show and I got to talk to him and she was like he's the funniest of the bunch get a hold of him oh. first and we'll see and then now this is happening so it's great yeah. well I'm here right before your ears amazing we're so, I'm so ready uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do I gave them a bit of an intro, but I want to hear from you. Well, I'm kind of a stand-up comedian. I said kind of, because I've got this weird cough thing, which doesn't go away. The doctors don't know fuck all about it, so it's hard to with it. So I do more stuff on YouTube now and less stuff on stage. But do you like, and so, but you like being up on stage though, hey? If you could be up. Hell yeah. I like the power. It's a power trip. Oh, it's awesome. I've, I've done stage stuff. I know how fun it is uh, I, to be up there. Well, when you're disabled, you go on and you can just feel the tension in the room. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah, because nobody really knows what to do, right? They're all like, yeah. oh, how do we, oh. do we laugh at this or do we not laugh at this? Yeah. And then you hit them with a quick one-liner and they're like, whoa. Yeah, I think disability stand-up is my favorite because people are so uncomfortable and they're not really sure what to do. And then you throw them, throw out a one-liner, or throw out a joke about sex, or throw out a joke about whatever it is, and then they ease into it and they relax, and you relax, and it's easier. They pa- party in your spazzy hands. <laughs> spazzy hands. I like that one. I feel like that's a. I feel like that could be a sex thing too. Uh, so tell us, so you have CP, right? Yeah. And you, it sounds like you have a little bit of a speech accent thing going on. Yeah, I have dysarthria. Actually, doing stand-up has made my dysarthria a lot better. 
provide stand-up and sound like a white spazzy motherfucker. <laughs> People could barely understand a word. And now it's more people occasionally can't understand me, but more often can. Yeah, no, you, it just sounds like, you know, I, I, having talked to you for the last few minutes now, you're very easy to understand. It's not hard to, to get to, you know, understand you. But how, how does the dysarthria affect, how has it affected your, like, your sex life and your dating life? Um, well, if I go on a date, at first, it's always a bit awkward. It's much like my stand-up. I start off with the simple stuff, the short one-liners. Then I ease into the longer stuff when they're more comfortable. So dating is much like doing stand-up comedy and on both things I sometimes get my cock out <laughs> oh, you're so funny um so I'm not joking <laughs> I know that's why it's funny uh so tell me kind of a kind of Ted's experience dating like do you have any I'm sure you have a ton of stories you could share with us I do the online dating, and that's mainly where I get most of my dates. My, my online dating profile is typical me. The first line being young, jaded, and spack. <laughs> Young, jaded, and... Spark. Spark. I'm not... Your accent is super awesome, except I'm not getting that. What? No. Spark. You like spastic. Oh. That's... See, that's like... <laughs> yeah. You are right. That's awesome. That's, and how does... How does your... How does that translate for you in terms of getting dates with people? But I think it works well because they know what they're getting. Yeah, I think. I mean, when I go on to to online dating sites, I'll say I'm a queer cripple and I'll say all that stuff in the one-liner so that when people click on it, they know exactly what they're getting and there's no surprise. Exactly. I mean, some people, some disabled People try to hide it, but I think, why? They're going to find out sooner or later. That's totally exactly what I think, too. They're going to find out and walk and you know, we may as well own that shit. And it should be something we we're proud of. So I, I think the internet gives us a, a chance to to own that and be and play with it. I think it's, it's such an important tool. Yeah, and the people who 
don't like us for disabilities, fuck them. Exactly. So yes. It reach them out instantly. Yeah, exactly. So you were telling me you have a stand-up routine where you talk about how basically you want to get laid and you can't. Can you kind of do like a truncated, shorter version of that for us? Uh, but the trouble is so many routines. There's one I do about phone sex. Oh my god, do it. It's like, I say, but I talk about disability and dating, but I know people worry about the things that will be different. For instance, phone sex. Hello, baby. What are you wearing? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm holding something in my hand. It's big, it's hard, and I can make it vibrate. Oh, Ted, you dirty, dirty cripple. T tell me this thing. Where are you holding it, Ted? Say the words yeah. next to my face. <laughs> Hang on, Ted. You're talking about to your phone, not your penis, your phone. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. I only have one hand that works. That needs to hold the phone. And so on, and so on. And I think... <laughs> so funny. I think that kind of comedy... Do you feel like when you do that on stage, or when you do that kind of stuff, people... Like, what is the reaction when you do a routine like that? What is... How do you... How do you feel when you do that kind of stuff on stage with an audience? I feel fine. I like the art of comedy and I think I know how to write a joke so after a while the audience don't mind the subject matter because they're like oh actually this guy is quite funny who cares if he's an abrasive sexually Frustrated bastard. <laughs> I think we're all sexually frustrated. Whether, yeah. whether we're disabled or not, I think we're all a little bit sexually frustrated. Um, do you have any more, like, fun... You must have a ton of stories about your experiences with disability and sex. Um, do you have any you want to share? Oh. <laughs> I remember one girl, ages and ages ago, saying if I really wanted to make her moan, I needed to do 
one thing with two fingers, then another thing with another two fingers. I was like, fuck up, I've got cerebral palsy. How the fuck am I supposed to do that? <laughs> exactly. Spastic fingers. Well, I mean, you could yeah. tell her that you could stimulate her with your spastic fingers. That's what I would Yeah. But she would just get them all at once. I can't do separate things with separate fingers. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much, too, so much work. I hate but, it when people want to do fine motor skills and we're just like, I can't, no. can't do that. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Disability. Can't do it. Um, but, but, but luckily, I have a huge cock So swings <laughs> and roundabouts. So you got no problem there. You everything else. Every <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you don't have to worry so much about the fine motor skills with that, eh? Exactly. So tell me about, I mean, I know the culture in... North America is kind of shy about disability and sex. How is it in the UK? It's a bit better. Like we have charities talking about it. Yeah, but it's, it's, still, it's still a taboo. Like scope and like uh, scope. And uh, there's a couple other ones over there that I that I've talked to. But but I think <coughs> the problem is that when someone asks an able-bodied person, "Would you have sex with a disabled person?" They instantly hear disabled. That's the only word they hear. But if you ask them, would you have sex with someone really attractive who happened to be disabled? I reckon a lot more would say yes. Yeah. I agree. I think the way we market disability is not sexy enough. No. I mean, I wouldn't have sex with an unattractive person with a disability in the same way I wouldn't have sex with an unattractive, able-bodied person. Exactly. And I think that I think that we need to look, find a way to make disability sexy. Um, yeah. And if, I mean, for each of us, because it dep it all depends on what what each person is attracted to. But yeah. so what I do is that's why I'll say like I'm a queer cripple, I'm a bear in a chair. I have a bunch of different hashtags that I use to describe myself to show people that I'm owning what it is. I'm owning the disability part of it, and that's okay. Oh yeah, I just say, once you go back, you don't go back. <laughs> it's true though, it's true. Yeah. Once you go back, you never go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> um, 
So how do you manage um, with attendant care and your dating and sex life? Luckily, I don't need any personal care. My helper just does domestic stuff. Oh, perfect. Cooks, cleans, and that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, I remember years ago, I had a particularly wild night with a woman. And let's just say my cheeks had multiple substances on them. Oh. They needed changing. Right. And it was like, how do I explain to my carer? Oh, my cheeks are full of spunk. They need changing. <laughs> and so how, and so how, and so what did you say? In the end, I just was honest. Yeah. You know I had to go over last night. Well, can you change my sheets, please? Yeah, because, I mean, it's, I, we've all been there, I think, as disabled people, yeah. where you don't quite know what to do because you understand that it's their job, and so it's weird to be like, so I was with somebody last night, and there's cum on the sheets. Could you just... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it certainly makes things a little bit a little bit awkward. Um, so tell me about this this routine you do where you talk about how you're sexually frustrated. You 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 said there are a few routines. Can you share a little bit of it with us? Um, there's too many. Um, there's the phone sex one I did. I have one. I hope you don't mind me admitting this, but about fellow disabled people telling me to be gay. Now, I have nothing against gay people. I just don't find men remotely attractive. That's fair. The idea of being gay because I want sex, I find stupid. Well, it's, so, yeah, it's not fair for somebody to assume that just because you 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 can't or having trouble being sexually active with a woman, it's you. Somebody would assume that you're queer, which is not fair. No, it's like I do. I say. They ask me, how do I know I'm not gay? And I, okay, I'll explain it to you. It's quite complicated. Here goes. I look at tits. I get an erection. I look at, <laughs> look at, look at topless men. No erection. I'll explain. I'll explain that again. Tits, erection. No tits, no erection. It's pretty simple, hey? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of you know sad that people will think that you 
would want to be queer when you're definitely not just yeah. because you can't access sex the way you want to. Um, so what do you do to make, you know, what do you do to put yourself out there? Obviously, you do the YouTube and the stand-up, which I think is great. Uh, what have you done to kind of tell tell any prospective ladies out there that you're available? It's mainly online stuff. I suck at real-life dating. Why? You sound like you'd be so funny and so like fun to hang out with. I don't know. Why? I just think a lot of people really want to be my friend. And it's like, I don't fancy them quite enough to pull a dick move to say, I don't want to be a when if that makes sense yeah so you so everybody wants to be your friend but you don't want to necessarily say no but you also want to be like so I'd like to be I'd like to get naked with you at some point yeah I mean to put it crudely I, I meet a lot of women I'd like to be naked with, but of all those women, I don't know how many I could imagine being around all the time and wanting to be around all the time. Right. If so, so I tend to say, okay, Let's keep the naked part and be friends, which is a shame in some ways. But what if you just got a shag and then that's all it was? Is that how do you feel about that? How do you feel about like the one night stand thing? I've had one once, but I think when you're disabled, the the other party shows. A slightly more caring element. And maybe there's more emotion involved in having sex with a disabled person. I've only had one, one night stand. But I remember when she left. Feeling a bit sad, like, oh, I want to be with you more. Yeah, and I mean, I am the king of one night stands, that's what I've. Hell yeah! (laughs) Spazzy high five! Totally, completely spazzy high five. But um, that's not necessarily what I want, but I feel like sometimes I feel like if that's what I'm gonna get, that's what I'm gonna get. So, are you looking for, are you on the prowl for, like, a relationship? What What are you searching? What are you in search of? To be honest, I don't have a fucking clue. Like, I had, had a girlfriend last year. That was weird, because she had a lot of health problems, so... No, we were going out for like six months. I only like saw her 
seven or eight times. So you were still in the very early stages. So I still don't know what I want, really, rather than a bit of sex. And do you feel like that's because, you know, do you feel like that's because you don't see disability a lot? Do you feel like that's because if you saw more disabled people being sexualized, you would be able to access sex more? No, I I think maybe I'm wrong. It's just I'm the kind of person that makes friends very easily and finding that other thing isn't always easy. And I live alone. I'm not saying I'm a loner, but I am the kind of person that doesn't really rely on, like, emotional intimacy and I I don't feel that I'm particularly missing that side in a relationship although I would quite like it. So you're you're kinda happy doing your own thing and if something comes along you're good? Yeah, happy doing my own thing, but wouldn't mind if my penis got wet more often. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat there, Ted. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think I I think many of our listeners with disabilities would agree with you. They would all like their genitals to be a little bit wetter than they yeah. typically are right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so. How does, so how do you, how would somebody approach you then if they were to be like, hey, Ted, let's go on a date? What would be, how would somebody, be, if they were, you know, if they were seeing you and they were, they were like, oh, wow, that guy has a has a weird speech thing and then we're not sure how to approach him. What would they, how would they, how would you want them to approach you? Just... If they have a query, ask. I seriously don't mind that I say to the girls I go on dates with, I can feel if you like me, and if you have a query, I can tell if that's coming from a good place. And if it is, spit it out, even even if the words are a bit bad, you can tell, ooh, she likes me, that's why she's asking that. I don't care that she said X instead of Y, because I want to... Bang her. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is so, so funny. What you're saying you made me laugh so hard I almost choked. What you're saying is that you that it's if a girl was to say something awkward to you but was genuinely trying to get to know you, it wouldn't you wouldn't be offended if she said something no. off the cuff. Uh 
So, do you have any, like, awkward moments when you're with a girl in bed that you could share? Uh, um, all those few girls I've been in bed with, well, they've all had disability in their life. So, it's made it a lot easier. Yeah, I think when you meet somebody who's experienced disability in some way or another, or has dealt with somebody with a disability, it makes the sex a little bit more relaxed and funner, to be honest, because you don't have to worry so much. They can think, oh, this would work for him, or he won't be able to do that, but he can do that. Look, obviously, I can't take a fucking bob, but some girls have undid it, held it to the chest, and then say, come on, you, take it off, that's <laughs> all the perks of taking a bob. Without the hard bits. Yeah, totally. I no, tell a lie. There was a very hard bit. <laughs> I feel like there's a YouTube video in there somewhere. There should be a YouTube video where you show people how you take out bras. I feel like that. Yeah. Could, you should do that somewhere. Because yeah. be, I feel like there's a whole series of YouTube stuff where you... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I need someone to demonstrate. Obviously, of course, <laughs> of course. But I think you know that'd be really funny. And if BBC Three or anybody who wants to help produce this, I would be down to help with that. That'd be great. Oh yeah. Um, Ted, you've been an awesome. I know. You've been a <laughs> you've been a great guest. So funny. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Well, my YouTube channel is eccentricman87. Like my Skype name without the underscore. That, that's where I do most of my stuff now. I, I have a website uk and I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Everything, really. Awesome. I'll make sure that the audience gets a hold of your stuff because I think what you're doing, especially in, you know, in the part of the world where you are, is so, so important. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really cool and you're funny and you're awesome. I loved having you as a guest. Is there oh. one... Do you have one last thing you want to tell the audience? If you're dis disabled and wanting to date more, just to be yourself. I know that sounds such a fucking cliche. It totally uh, does. It totally does. But I get it. But, but, but you are disabled. You can't fucking hide that so 
she she's gonna know sooner or later. It's true. It's true. There's. Oh, oh, oh I just thought I have one last story. Go. I'm so ready. I was chatting to a girl on OK Cupid. Yeah. She didn't seem quite on my level, but her main interests were blues and wild. I thought, well, I fucking love blues. I fucking love wild. So maybe she won't get my jokes, but we can talk about them. So we agree to meet up. She gave me her number. And she said, what about bar so-and-so? I replied, yeah, that's fine. Park my scooter outside and walk in. Yeah. She she replied, Scooter? What? Have you got a broken leg? And I said, No, my cerebral palsy, of course. She replied, Well, that's a bad disease. Disease, what the fuck? I, <laughs> I feel really comfortable. I was like, hang on, go on my profile. The first ten lines are spaz jokes. And she was like, I didn't look at your profile. It was like, what the fuck? Why do you say you're willing to go on a date? Yeah. I I didn't want to hide my disability from her. I just thought, okay, we're chatting mainly about music. She can see by my profile. I'm very open about it. So I didn't see the need to say, oh, by the way, I have cerebral palsy because I assumed she'd read the fucking profile, (laughs) but she hadn't. Well, maybe she just thought you were hot, though. Maybe she was just like, well, I don't want to read the things. He's cute, so I'm not going to read it. Maybe that's what happened. That's kind of nice, though. Yeah, but unfortunately, she didn't find me hot enough to overcome her ableism. Well, that's shitty. But, But joking aside, I kind of thought, okay, no loss. We're clearly not compatible. Yeah, yeah. If this is, like, I'm not meaning to sound horrible, but if that's how she thinks, we're clearly on a different wavelength. Totally, and you don't want to, you don't want to waste your time with somebody that's not going to be willing to, 
give it a shot. So that that makes sense completely. It just sucks that, you know, I think what people don't realize is when you put yourself out there in those and you agree to meet with somebody, you have to do as a disabled person have to do a lot of planning to prepare to meet with them and to get down there and to figure it all out. So when you get there, when you get ready to meet them and then they go, oh, I wasn't aware you were that disabled. It's like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do now? Exactly. Normally with me, it's the other way around. Right. Because I think on paper, I have CP from head to toe. On paper, I'm pretty fucking disabled, but I'm fierce in fiercely independent. I think when girls meet me, they often say, Oh, I was expecting you to be much more disabled. If anything, it's better that way around. Yeah, it is actually, because then, well, because then even if they were expecting more, then somebody knows that if you if you happen to be more disabled than than what you show in your profile, then you'd be okay. Yeah, exactly. Totally, but I think all that kind of ableism and all that stuff that we have to contend with just to get laid or just get fucked or just to have a date is so tiring and so exhausting that sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm, I don't want to go on a date because I'm like, I don't want to deal with all this stuff. I'll just stay home and I'll be fine. Uh, and even on benefits, prostitutes are so fucking expensive. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> sex work and disability, that's a whole other topic of conversation that I'm sure we could spend a whole other hour on. Another podcast. Yes, definitely. That's good. I'm going <laughs> to... That'll definitely be another episode for sure. Ted, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. You're funny and awesome. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Oh, no, we'll have you back for sure. I will find find a topic where we need your voice because it's important what you're doing. And I think doing stand-up on YouTube and doing stuff like that and, and the BBC thing you just did, uh, was I loved it. You're, I think you're gonna be. I think you're gonna be a huge star for them, and they should use you again. Me too. No, sorry, no. Thank you, Andrew. Anytime, Ted. Uh, <laughs> you're just awesome. So thanks so much for coming on Disability After Dark, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Goodbye, mate. Thanks, Ted. So what I like the most about this interview with Ted is how simple it was. Nothing really super over-extraordinary happened during this interview with him. We just simply sat down and had a talk about sex and disability. One of the things I really appreciate about this podcast is my guests' willingness to come on and be themselves and to talk about the realities of their lives and to share their stories. Some are funny, some are not so funny. They're real. And with Ted, we had a good laugh. And I really also appreciate that Ted was able to use his humor to, he's able to use his humor generally to navigate the world as a disabled person. And I think 
as a disabled person, once you're able to tap into that market and tap into that very specific humor that we have, that only we as disabled people have, it makes you, I think, more palatable and marketable as a person with disabilities because you can laugh at the realities that no one else seems to understand, that we're forced to. And I think when it comes to sex and disability, we are so consumed with the how, we forget there are funny moments. And I'm glad that Ted has had some funny moments and was willing to share some of them with us. So if you liked what Ted had to say and you want to hear more about what he does and you want to learn about his spacky life, spacky is slang for spastic when learning, which I've never heard before, which I think is great, and I might use all the time and steal from Ted. If you want to hear more about what he does, www.tedchires, that's T-E-D-S-H-I-R-E-S-S dot co dot U-K to find out more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs or book me to shine a bright light on sex and disability with you, head over to www.andrewgerza.com. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Copyright Notice This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Any and all materials, including graphics, music, and audio recordings are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.